Are you ready? It's that time! Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or good morning, or good evening, or good night, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, welcome to another episode of Men, Buns, and Jesus, the, the show where we talk a lot about Jesus, and uh, we have yet to do an episode about Man Buns, and that feels like a mistake. I, I don't know that there's enough material to do an episode about Man Buns. Josh? I do not, not with have that enough attitude. to say about man buns to do an entire episode. Not with that attitude. Well, anyway, that's my attitude. So <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Pastor Ben Olschlager here in the great rainy state of Michigan today. With me again, as always, uh, Pastor Josh Laborious of Edgewater Lutheran Church in Eastvale, California. Where uh, it's not raining. It's not raining. <laughs> Yeah, that's he's all he's lucky just to have water. Um, I am sure I'm blessed. Yeah. Uh, better to be lucky than good. Am I right? Uh, Something like that. I picture you like out there in California, and occasionally when you need to have a baptism, you you have to go like the eunuch and Philip and and. Uh, Oh, here's some water. We found some. Now I can baptize your baby. It sounds like the drought has been greatly overhyped. Uh, <laughs> my taps, I actually, I don't know if we're currently in a drought. Because this last winter, we got like a month of rain, which was really abnormal. Like it was, it was actually really rough because the mountain communities got a month of snow instead, which means they were all inaccessible for a long period of like longer than they were prepared to be inaccessible so in any case we're not talking about any of those things today we're talking uh more about proverbs we're in uh the section of proverbs where it's really just a, a list of like helpful tips and tricks uh life hacks as they were but actually good ones not you can not five minute crafts life hacks, real life hacks. Not not the stuff as you're scrolling through Facebook or whatever that every time you see one, you have to mute another page. Yeah. Some of those videos that, that'll come up of like people like you can use this as I think like recently I it was a tool for making something round. And I'm like. I'm pretty sure a lathe is cheaper than all the materials you put into trying to make an off-brand lathe. For anyone who doesn't know what a lathe is, you put a piece of wood on it and it spins really fast and you hold a chisel up to it and it makes it like it cuts it clean. Um, I have one in my closet. I've never used it. It was a gift from my brother. I shouldn't say it was a gift. He got a new one, so he needed to get rid of his old one, so he didn't have two lathes. So now I have a lathe. Hi, Ian, by the way. Um, he does, he, like, he'll call me and he'll make comments about the podcast, and I'm like, I don't remember us having that conversation, but I'm glad. 
I'm glad uh, I'm glad it helps. So we are in Proverbs 11. This is Pro Tips 3. And we may as well just get into it. The first one is a, oh, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, Ben. I think we should set a ground rule here um, that any of them say that any of the Proverbs from this point that say um, to be a good person is, is beneficial to you and to be a bad person is bad for you. I think we can just kind of pass those over unless they say it in a very interesting way. Is that, can we agree on that? Because I feel like we have covered that several times and we can cover it once more here. It is, it is to your benefit to not be a bad person. Yes, as long as we go by UN Security Council rules where we both have a full veto. So if, if one Fair of enough. us thinks that's the case and the other one says, no, I think there's something more interesting here, then we still need to stop on it. Yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. Okay. You said UN Security Council, and the first thing that came to mind for me was war crimes. And I'm like, I think our standard for being a good person no, no, no. is a if little we were, bit higher than not committing war crimes. Yeah, if we were, uh, no, if I was talking war crimes, we'd be talking about the International Criminal Court, which has no power as evidenced by the fact that they uh, found Putin guilty of war crimes and nothing has happened to Putin. Yeah, well, for something to happen to Putin, I feel like you would have to invade Russia. Which not is... with that attitude. Okay, then. Uh, Proverbs eleven verse one says this: "It says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight." So we're getting old timey here with our business practices. Uh, this is back in the day when you still bought. Uh, grain and um, anything Everything really else yeah anything that you bought by weight you bought with scales um, and all that's really being said here is don't cheat people like if you are a Christian and a business owner don't be a cheat or even if you're a Christian and employed in the business world don't be a cheat. And if if you are a Christian in a business that is doing shady things, either make corrections if you can or find another job. Yeah. I think this can also, and I don't know if this was Solomon's intention, but I think it's a, I still think it's a faithful reading of the verse. I think this applies to consumers as well. Mm right if you're if you find something that's clearly an error uh like there's say there's a thousand dollar tv that somehow the price tag is missing a zero so it's only a hundred dollars maybe the better thing to do is to tell them hey you have a wrong price tag instead of uh insisting that they honor the published price and i know that sucks because a lot of times like it's like oh yes i found a deal um but in instances like that it's like you 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 know it's not a deal you know someone made that mistake and you're capitalizing on it uh, interestingly enough i actually we still buy a lot of our groceries by weight because we we go to a store that does a lot of bulk sales which is cool but uh 
all those sale scales are like built into the register and I'm I'm fairly certain they're standardized and checked fairly regularly by like state regulators so and gasoline for anyone who's like if you pay attention to the little like sticky tabs on gas pumps uh it's not a scale in the like it's not weighing it it's checking volume i believe uh but those are checked regularly by state regulators uh, to make sure they're fair but yeah i think it applies to consumers as well don't just be fair just like <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Anything else on that one? Ben's answering an email in the middle of a podcast. It's more important than us guys and girls. It wasn't an email. It was a text, but it was important. Um, I don't think I really have anything to add on that. I do appreciate your, your addendum of... Uh, consumer there like don't take advantage of the businesses that are just trying to make a living and if you are making a living don't take advantage of those under you um as a like from the consumer's perspective a lot of times like if if you go to a business and say they actually accidentally gave you too much of something or and you go to them and you point out the error. A lot of times they'll they'll like they'll say, "You keep it. We're going to correct it going forward." Thanks for the heads up. And as a thank you, like you're you'll get the the discount or the especially like if it's a restaurant and you're like, "Hey, you gave me too much of this." They can't take it back because they can't sell it once they have handed it to you. But you know, if there's a mistake, you're helping someone out. Especially like if you imagine all of the like a fast food a lot of the people who work there are like teenagers and this is their first job like take it easy and like don't make them suffer for their mistakes uh as much as you are able to help avoid that in any case uh 11 verse 2 when pride comes then comes disgrace and with the humble is wisdom and I suspect that an older translation of this is uh, pride comes before the fall or some variation of that. Let's see what uh, King James has to say here. That would that would be the go to old translation. I I had a conversation about this the other day. Oh. No, when pride, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. Ah. I was having a conversation at a, a men's Bible study the other night, and I was pointedly, I, I think I made the comment, because we were talking about fantasy football, and I said, I'm not going to talk smack until after I've beaten you. And someone said, I thought that was the whole point of fantasy football. And my comment to them was, I have learned my lesson. You do not ever talk smack unless you know for 100% certain that it is going to go, like, whatever it is, is going to go in your favor. Because if you talk smack, and if you've ever done this, you know this, if you talk smack and then you lose big, oh, your friends will brutally make fun of you until 
something else embarrassing happens to someone. Uh, especially if you play fantasy sports and you're talking all this smack because it gets on people's nerves. So when you fall, they make sure you know that you fell. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, there's an art to it, but... An art to what? Bragging or making... No, smack talk. Um, oh, yes, of course. It involves lots of your mom jokes. If you are <laughs> under the age of, I don't know, 10, don't listen to anything that we're saying. Um, it was, I definitely thought you were going to say uh, that that is what smack talk involves if you're under the age of 10. But no, no, we're just, <laughs> we're trying to protect the children's. Yeah, that's... I mean, I think you're you're spot on though. Like, our pride gets in the way of intelligence. Um, it's easy to think you know everything about a situation, and you really don't. Uh, it's easy to think about um, your own strengths, your own skills, your own ability to handle something. And whenever you step into a new situation, a new problem, there's always something you don't expect. Um, And so going into just about everything with a sense of humility and a sense of like, well, there could be something here that comes up that I just don't know about yet. So I need to leave myself some flexibility. That's always a plus. To look at it kind of... uh... Considering worst case scenario, I I can't imagine a situation where approaching things with humility is going to, is going to like come back and really negatively affect you. I mean, maybe if you're overly humble in like a job interview, but if you're humble, if you're humble, but still honest about your skills, then, you know, you're you're going to be fine there too. But being prideful can definitely come back and bite you in the tail. So like if, if you're going to choose one, let's, let's go with the one that's not going to come around. And this is, this is also something that I, and I think part of it is because I do, I have a tendency and I like to think I have it fairly well under control, but I tend toward arrogance sometimes. And because I have that tendency, I sus- well, I suspect it's because I have that tendency. Um, people with big egos drive me nuts. I'm, I'm like, calm down. You're not as important as you think you are. Uh, but on the, on the other hand, and you mentioned this, um, people who actually know a lot are very much aware of how much they don't know and and like i'll use a weightlifting example like when when i first started and when a lot of people first start they'll like they'll get puffed up egos they'll think they're they're hot stuff because uh you know i started lifting and maybe you're go- you're getting some good progress but once you get into it you realize you're nothing because you start seeing stuff and you're like wow there are people out there who are just monsters and there's some humility that comes with that so 
and that happens with with expertise too right like uh the further you get in any given field of study the more you understand how much you don't know because you you yeah. approach all these doors that you can't understand everything that's beyond them so you're telling me you can't out deadlift eddie hall i cannot no unless he is on unless he is severely injured <laughs> and even then does he currently still have the the world record for deadlift i do not know because he's been like retired for a little bit now i think okay for anyone who doesn't know eddie hall is a is one of those monsters like his his like how he brands his stuff is he's eddie the beast hall and he is he is a he's beast. earned that name yeah really, I, I, really funny yeah. dude too if you ever see his videos he's he's pretty funny he's a funny guy um it helps when you're british it does every you know what anything that involves speaking it helps to be british i think that's probably true when it comes to seasoning food it's a disadvantage though mm. yeah um, or or uh um dental health yes <laughs> Are we ready to move on? Verse three. Sure. Verse three says the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. We good? I, we good? I think we're good. I yeah. do. I love the word integrity. I like it's a good word. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but and this is verse four, but righteousness delivers from death. Jesus talks a lot about this. This is, uh, you know, you have the parable of the man who he had all this wealth and he's like, oh, I'm going to build bigger barns to store all this wealth. And then the response is, tonight your life is going to be demanded for, from you. And then what, like, what good were your barns then? And there are a couple of figures that come across this in the Old Testament too, where it's like, what good is all of your wealth going to do you? when you are when you're dying mm -hmm. solomon talks about this in ecclesiastes he's like someone else is going to inherit it and i guarantee they're going to waste it and all your work was for nothing yeah <sighs> yeah and let me know let me know if this is too aggressive to take but I don't know how I want to phrase this. Prioritize church over work. And I mean that in the way of like, if you're a workaholic and you're like, I got to get more done, so I'm going to skip church and do more work. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Uh, but like, if you're at the bottom of the totem pole at your job and you're going to get fired if you don't show up for your shift on Sunday, I get it. That's I think that's a different thing. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that's an idolization of riches. Yeah. Or if you're struggling to make ends meet, this is the job you have and you need to be there. Yes. But if you're a small business owner and you're like, maybe you're closed on Sunday, but 
you going to the office while it's just you to get some extra work done, maybe then it's like check, priority check. <laughs> get a get a priority check. Make sure it's in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God should always be priority one. Family should always be priority two. Work should be priority like maybe four. Probably after friends. Yeah. Um at least uh yes, yes. Maybe five if you include other like vocational responsibilities in there. Yeah, well, that is a vocational responsibility as well. Yeah. I mean, part of your responsibility to your family is making sure that you can feed them. Yes. So it gets tough but, there. Yeah. And it also part of our responsibility to God is to to care for those that serve him for us on our behalf. Was that so a roundabout way of saying church workers? Yes. Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you saying you have to go to work so you have money to to tithe with? <laughs> oh, I don't necessarily disagree, but that is that is a piece of logic I haven't heard before. Oh, I and I'm now remembering you actually weren't there when we did our episode on money with uh, John Niederbrock and John Carolus. I was not. You're right. That was a good episode. For if if you're listening to this and you haven't heard that episode yet, ladies and gentlemen, that was a good episode with two Johns, both of which are wiser than your your regular hosts. So, <laughs> yeah. I also spent this morning with two Johns. Um, different Johns, though. Yeah. Very popular. Very very different Johns. Um. Which reminds me, if you're considering naming your kid John, consider Johan. It is both the Spanish and German equivalent of John, and is far more uh, like rare in the States. So your kid will be a little bit more distinct, unless you live in the South, in which case maybe Johan's a little bit more, more common. Like... Not necessarily the, the the deep south, south, like the southern United States where Hispanic populations are higher. Maybe I've never met a Johan. J-O-H-A-N? Yeah, I, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. Of this, sometimes there are even two ends if it's German. I've never met a Johan. All right. And there are, there are a lot of, there's a lot of Hispanic, uh, culture a lot of hispanic people down here so i didn't i didn't know that i didn't know it was a spanish name as well you said that and i was like just go full german lutheran i guess is that what we're no oh, there's a uh, famous minnesota twins pitcher from venezuela named oh, there it is it's almost hockey season enough with the baseball nonsense hey my twins are still playing um didn't care when they started playing. Don't care now. Shall, shall we move on to verse five before I 
make anyone else more upset with my disdain for baseball. Not disdain. Now, I'm just trying to make sure that when Apathy. this episode comes out Tuesday that they will still be playing. And they are. You hope. The earliest they can get eliminated is Tuesday night. So uh, so if you listen to it when it comes out, you're we're still safe with our accuracy. Yeah. Um First, so before you drop that comment in the comment section, I've accounted for this. Kind of. Sure. Verse 5 says, The righteous of the blameless, the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. I'm trying to decide if there's something intriguing there. I mean, there's some good potential for sermon imagery. I don't yeah. know how I feel about preaching from Proverbs like this, though. Because I don't love preaching on a single verse, and I almost feel like I would have to. Yeah, I think with this kind of stuff, like, as you're diving into this, so this is st stepping out of the pulpit and stepping into the, like, devotional realm. As you're looking at this, a good way to approach it might be like you look at this, you look at situations in your own life, maybe you look at other narratives from scripture um, or other things that you know of from other people's lives, and you can kind of um, like see how this plays out. So, for example, like the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight. Somebody who has their head on straight, who has an understanding of what God's calling them to, they're probably going to run into issues with, I don't know, ethical things less. Um, and I think of several people I know, friends of mine that I know, who I would consider, like, not necessarily more faithful, but like, they just have a really good head for where God is calling them. They struggle a lot less with where they know they need to be headed, where they feel like they should be at any given time. Like their life seems simpler. Does that check with what you've seen? Yeah, I think that's ex experientially true. But then on the flip side of that, like somebody who's struggling, they just keep tripping over their own feet. Um, and I chalk in some instances, I almost feel, I, I chalk that up to the Holy Spirit. And if, if you keep stumbling over something, that might be the Holy Spirit trying to like let you know this isn't the direction. Like when, when people ask me, oh, I'm trying to make a decision about my future. Like if someone someone comes up to me and says, I'm thinking about the seminary or this other option. A lot of times what I'll tell them is make your decision and then sit with it. Because if it's the wrong one, the Holy Spirit's not going to leave you alone. And I think it's the same thing more generally, where if you're doing things you shouldn't, like God is going to put those things in front of you to encourage you to change direction. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's that's experientially been true for me. I can't 
I can't necessarily tell you that's exactly how it always works, but. Yeah, and I think kind of the flip side of that can also be true. Just because things are going well doesn't mean that there aren't problems. It might just mean that, like, yeah, this is a weird image, but, like, I don't know. Say you set your hand on a, a steaming hot stove and you burn yourself significantly. But, like, you put your hand on palm down. You look at the back of your hand. You're not going to actually see any of the issues. It's not until you turn your hand around. Oh, there's all the uh, raw flesh underneath that I've just scalded off. Um, like, Ben, you can learn an excuse to say the word flesh. I can just, you know, flesh. Um, <laughs> but the the point being, like, you can have times where things are going seemingly well, and we can just, it's because we're blind to things. Not necessarily because we're actually going where God wants us to. Um but I think as others look at your life, and this is, I know we've talked about the importance of having wise friends and mentors and uh, and shepherds in our lives uh, on other episodes of the podcast. This is where those people can help kind of give you some discernment on, are things going well because God's leading you here? Or are things going well because um, you've got, five tons of garbage in your closet and you just decide not to open the door. Yeah. And I mean, Proverbs continues to develop this theme, right? If we step forward, it says the righteousness of the upright delivers them. The treacherous are taken captive in their lust. Uh, when the wicked dies, his hope will perish. The expectation of wealth perishes too. The righteous is delivered from trouble the wicked walks into it instead and that's uh we started with five and that goes all the way to eight and it's it's all this theme of doing the right things you're going to keep going where you need to be so uh ready to move on to nine so verse nine says with his mouth the godless man would destroy his neighbor but by knowledge the righteous are delivered I'd be interested to hear what your, how you might interpret that, Ben Hamim. I mean, I think this kind of goes to our, our selfish interests and tendencies. Um, I mean, think Eighth Commandment, and those of you who know your small catechism, uh, we are called to put the best construction on everything, right? Um, got mine right here. Uh, I I have mine also. Right. By here. the way, great twenty dollar investment. Oh, good, the app yeah. is free. Does it have the full full explanation? If you want the twenty seventeen editions, though, that costs extra. Okay, I I think the twenty seventeen is worth the twenty bucks. Oh, um, in the app, it's only seven, but okay. Then you don't have a nice looking book. Yeah, I mean, I use it because we read it after dinner with uh, with Zeke, and the app is easier to deal with than a book is. That's fair. I mean, I think regardless, 
the the investment into having a resource to kind of help with that is is great. Um, but back to that eighth commandment, um, Luther talks about how our our call to not bear false testimony not only uh, includes not lying about our neighbors, but also supporting them, speaking kindly of them, and putting the best construction on everything about them. Um, so that we are not the ones tearing them down. Um, like if someone does a terrible job with something, you can say, I did not have a good experience with this person, but that doesn't mean that experience is going to be universal. You never know what kind of week someone was going through, yada, 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 yada. And our immediate desire as sinful human beings is usually in my experience, uh self-centered so like if you're i don't know if you hire an electrician to do something on your house and um it fails and scorches your wall and you need to call someone out not only to then replace the wiring but also the but also the wall um saying i did not have a good experience with them but i don't know if it was just an off day or whatever like that's one thing questioning their entire life and work ethic and everything else along with that is not appropriate yeah. because like this parable set or proverb says you can destroy somebody with just your mouth and when we do that to our neighbors we are acting godlessly yeah and I think the flip side is it's like a reassurance of like the truth will bear out in the, like the righteous is delivered by knowledge that kind of. Mm -hmm. And this one, I don't know if this is as experientially true. I think in the long term it is, but sometimes it's like, like I've, I've done ministry with high school kids. None of the, none of the ones at this current congregation but like some rumors got started about them at school and they were completely un untrue but they never really until they moved on to college they never really got completely out from under the shadow of those of that slander so that sometimes i think is tough and i think you have to look at the you have to look at the big picture because a lot of times it's something we want deliverance soon we want it in the immediate and i think this is a bigger picture deliverance yeah this seems i'm gonna use a big churchy word here so josh you're gonna have to define this for the people this seems kind of eschatological to me eschatology is the study of the end of the world etc the end times the end thanks josh Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, Thanks. To me, this is like that knowledge. You're right. It's easy or not easy, but it's doable in our world for like agenda to trump reality such that somebody can never really somebody may never really be vindicated for something um that just is untrue about them um 
But we also know that there's a final judgment. And that one's going to be way more important than the ones we face in the here and now. And so our like our knowledge of what we've done right or what we've done wrong, our understanding of um, what it means to follow God um, and our understanding of our own actions, like that knowledge and the knowledge of God's mercy for us in that judgment will trump any sort of you know, discomfort to full-on persecution that we face for doing what we're called to do here and now. Um, and so that's why I say it's eschatological or end timesy. Um That's the uh, that's, Ben translation of that. Yeah, that's the message that. version. Huh? That's the message translation. Yeah, something like that. Um. um is because that vindication, that that righteousness, um, that deliverance may not come until the ends. Yeah. And moving forward to the next verse, I actually the next two verses I think fit pretty well together. It says, "When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, and when the wicked perish, there are shouts shouts of gladness." And then stepping forward, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, and by the mouth of the wicked, it's overthrown. And this kind of, I mean, I do, I, I think, again, this is experientially true for me. Like, when, when good people do, we like to see good people do well. Okay. And a really easy example of that is we see some athletes and, and, hear about some of the things they do in their personal lives and they're just good people and we want to see them do well we want to see them succeed we want to see them throwing and catching touchdowns uh, we want to see them get that contract extension whatever um, i'm not speaking to whether or not they're actually good people but in our perception if we look at them and we say that that seems like a really good person we want to see them do well um, but on the flip side there are some there are some people in the public eye that you're like that person is a scumbag and you want to see them fail. So I think we kind of can identify with that. And then the flip side of that makes sense, right? If, if you have a lot of upright people in the city, things are going to work out better. But if everybody in the city is corrupt and wicked and what, like it, it goes poorly. And I think this is in balance. I, I don't think I'm crossing the line because it's so widely known. The city of Chicago is notorious for its corruption. And if you go to that city, huge parts of that city are in disrepair. They're disgusting. It's like nothing is getting taken care of. Um, it's just, it's for large parts of that city, it, it seems to me that it's not a great place to live. And that kind of tracks because it has become renowned as this place for corruption for wickedness um i don't really have an example of an upstand like i don't have the counter example because i don't know of any cities that i would say this city is renowned for just having great ethical people in it i mean 
I think the closest you might get is you could say, um, oh, I'll, I'll use Nashville as an example because I lived there for, for a few years. Um, by and large, they because their their whole shtick is like country music and a family friendly kind of thing and because that's been their draw like if you go around the city it's very clean things are are very well maintained there aren't a whole lot of places where you would say i don't want to be there after dark uh there might be a couple blocks of that um but this city that is focused more on on being upright it's i mean it you can tell like it it makes a discernible difference in the uh, the quality of the city i guess um yeah yeah and i i think this also is like kind of tangentially a a way to look at leadership on a civic level like if there are people in your local area that are leaders whether they're government or institutional leaders yeah and there's members of the community huh prominent members of the community yeah and they're scumbags um watch the reaction to them no longer being positions of power the city might emit shouts of gladness at seeing them fall but like when a time-honored and well-meaning and servant-hearted uh, leader of a community steps down from whatever position they were in there is like there's usually a genuine sense of sadness um there is a sense of of thankfulness there is a sense of uh comfort from that community for that person um because of what they've done yeah so just i guess like kind of be cognizant of that as you raise people up into positions of leadership um they might be an efficient leader but that doesn't necessarily make them a good one yeah you want Tim timothy has a lot first and second timothy have a lot to say about that yeah especially within the church yeah you want to raise people up that as they're stepping down uh well and you want to keep in mind that if especially since we elect people by popular vote largely in this country what you are saying is for whatever vice that an elected leader has that an election is a statement, maybe not of approval, but at least of tolerance and acceptance for what it, like, if, if someone is notorious for, um, for cheating at different things and they get elected, 
a message that the community has said is we're okay with cheating if X, Y, and Z is fulfilled. So like if someone were to elect Bill Belichick to public office, you're, you're essentially saying that you are okay having a cheater in charge. You are okay with deflated balls. Um, Yikes. Moving on. Uh, Cause we're, we should probably try and get through a couple I, before the episode's over. I think we can just roll straight into takeaways and we can. Yeah, we can I'm good with that. Make this a three-parter. Um, Cause I have a takeaway and it's kind of based on those last two. I, and the rest of this and the, a lot of our Proverbs conversations fold into this. Um, as you are stepping away from things in life, how do you want people to remember you? Do you want them to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or do you want them to say good riddance? Um, and I think some of what we talk about when we talk about legacy is overblown. But at the same time, it's also the way that you are witnessing to your faith and to uh, to your God. So you should also be cognizant of your of your legacy, of the way that people are viewing you, um, not to let it define you, but to to know whether or not they at least found you consistent with the things that you believe. Yeah. Um, my takeaway, I, I want to draw attention back to that second verse, when pride comes, then de- comes disgrace. And, uh, and my takeaway is this. <clears throat> Sit down. Be humble. Thanks, That's Kendrick. Good old Kendrick. What a guy. Uh, check us out on on. Well, no, just subscribe to the podcast. You don't have to check us out on Facebook. It's there if you want to reach out, if you want to let us know. Uh, if you want to let us know that you appreciate an episode, that's that's cool. Um, but also, if you have a topic you want us to cover, if you want a guest that you want us to try and get on, if you want to come on as a guest, uh, you can reach out to us personally. Facebook page is there if you don't have our personal contact info. And we would appreciate if you subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on, and for those that have ratings, we appreciate that too. I'm sure that helps uh, get this in front of people. We're not opposed to to more and more people listening to this. And uh, buy our shirt, <laughs> I guess. We do have that. EdwardLutheran.org slash gear. It's on there. You can buy it. It has our faces on it. And uh, I think that's all I got. With that, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.